This is the dotted line, 97.1 FM, 3MDR. Gigons. Now, what does Gigons mean? Is it, is, it, uh, is it a project? Is it a band name? Is it a, uh, is it a method of balancing your nurturing side with your career side? These are all excellent questions. Dan Mays joins me. He, uh, he's the man that knows all about this. Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Tell me all about the project. Yeah, it's it's a, it's one that's probably was in my head for about five years. Um, in total, it took about five years to go from sort of the inception to the to the, if you ever call the piece of art finished, um, yeah, to the finished project. But uh, it sort of came about, yeah, as I said, five years ago, and, and basically uh, it was kind of a concept concept of sorts where I I just made a list of all the things I loved about uh, music, both listening to and creating, and some of those passions don't always you know you don't always see them fitting together and i thought let's just try something where we we throw all those things into a into a pot so to speak stir them up and see what happens so and i I think i achieved that most of all Uh, i think i've I've got there Um, but yeah just just a few different eclectic sort of things that i really get a kick out of Um, i don't know whether anyone else does but yeah (laughs) see how it see how it turns out in the end yeah what do you play uh so i do i do everything except for the drums um uh, one my best mate and drummer in my band, something I've forgotten. He helps me out. Uh, he lives in Melbourne, and I'm I'm in Bendigo. Uh, but yeah, he comes up every couple of months with his family. We've been you know drumming and playing music together for over you know, was it 20 years now, so 25 years almost. So uh, we have this sort of second language where you know I I basically will show him, and I probably won't even get through my sentence of saying, "Hey, I'm thinking I want something like," and he will just drum, and I'll go, "Yeah, yeah, that was it." Except you're doing it better than what I thought. So. Uh, um, <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm doing a lot. What do you normally like? What does your band normally do? What sort of music? Yeah, so uh, something once forgotten is sort of a hard rock, progressive rock. I wouldn't say the, the prog rock that people sometimes think about, where the songs are long, but um, we sort of have that sort of tool esque hard rock. We like to challenge ourselves musically, uh, but it's still melodic as well. Um, and I'm the bass player in, in the band there, and I record and engineer all the stuff as well. Because this project, it certainly has that feel to it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's still got that, that, still got elements of that in there. Um, I've just pro- probably added in or taken away some other things in the sense that I'm, I'm not a super, super strong singer. Um, that's not my strength. I can hold a note. I can, I can, you know, know what I want to do. Um, but I'm not a very aggressive singer. I've never been able to do that ag- aggressive sort of style. And yet, often when I've tried to write my own heavier stuff, that's sort of naturally what you expect to go with that style of music. Um, so in this case, I thought I'd stick to my strength and try and dial it back a little bit and actually have softer softer kind of vocals um, over the heavier sort of music and see how that went. It went well. I hope so. I hope so. I just, yeah, it's a, it's the old, you know, people hate seeing themselves in camera and people hate hearing themselves, you know, and their audio back. I think it's just something I'll never be able to remove myself from, so I really don't know. Uh, and, and, you know, you have friends say, oh, sounds really good. And then you go, yeah, but you're my friend. You're not going to tell me it sucks, are you? So it's the, it's the, uh, the, the never-ending torture of an artist, I think. Tell me about Like an Omen. It's the opening track, and it's, um, it's like an omen of what's going to come. Yeah, it, it probably is, actually. It's, it's probably the song that has, I was saying before, those elements that I wanted to put down and, that was largely, obviously, big, 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 um, chunky riffs and uh, massive drums, and that's sort of the thing that kicks the whole, the whole thing off. Um, as I said, softer sort of, sort of vocals. Um, I don't know where this has come from because I can't recall a specific influence, but 
I'm a really big fan of a well-used vocoder. Um, and the listeners don't know what that is. That's your almost auto-tuned robotic kind of um, uh, effect over the uh, over the vocals. And um, I don't know where that's come from, but I, I like that. Um, I'm a massive Beatles fan, so yeah, vocal harmonies are always um, something I like to throw in. And uh, I've been fiddling a bit. I love music with really good um, orchestral sections in it. So uh, Like an Omen probably has all of those elements in it. Um, more so than probably every other song on there. Most of the others have most of them, but not quite all of them.
This is the dotted line, 97.1 FM, 3MDR. Dan Mays is chatting to me. We're talking about his latest project, which is Gigons, is the name of the band stroke project, and Borders and Frames is the name of the EP. Tell me about Gigons. Um, Gigons, yeah. Where do we start with Gigons? So <laughs> Gigons is on, it has multiple meanings in a sense, and it was actually my son who's now 10, uh, he created that term when he was about four. And he used to substitute the word gigon for whatever it is he was talking about. Um, whether he didn't know the word for what it is he was talking about, but he would basically throw gigon at me. So gigon is a verb, so you can you can gigon to the heck out of something. Uh, you, it can hit you in the gigons. It, uh, yeah, and you could be a gigon. Um, you could gigon this all night if you wanted to. And it was something that just sort of stuck with the family. We used to just throw this word around all the time. And when I sort of thought about the, the project, I thought, this is something that I don't even really know what it is yet. I, I want it, it, it doesn't have a, I can't put my, a name to what I'm trying to do. And that's what he did. So I thought, well, I'm just going to steal it. And to me, it sounds kind of, I don't know if that's strange, but it sounds kind of big and chunky as a word. Um, and I thought that's kind of what I want the music to be as well. So, it's, it can be kind of whatever you want it to be and kind of whatever it is, if that makes sense. That's a that's a roundabout way of trying to explain a concept that doesn't exist, if that makes sense. And we still we still occasionally throw that word around, you know. Just uh, you know, if, if we're just having a bit of a laugh with each other, that word will come out still. So yeah, it still exists. Yes, uh, and he's of course getting half of the royalties. Yeah, that's right. We haven't quite tweaked that 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 could be a. Yeah, some sort of uh, legal legal uh, lawsuit down the track. That's right. That's right. You mentioned being a Beatles fan. I've got to say, uh, here it is the the closing track on it. It it had it certainly had Beatlesque feel to it. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a deliberate thing. I mean, I don't I don't ever sit down and go right. I said I wanted uh, Beatlesque. Um, I think that's something that um, I've just uh, like anyone who who has influences of any sort. You you. Uh, subconsciously are putting them in your music or your art or whatever all the time and people will often tell you, you know, hey that looks like or that sounds like um, what have you and, and sometimes that's just because that's you know the, the fabric of your particularly, uh, particular um, style I guess and so um, you know I didn't sit down to go let's make a Beatles-esque I think they just come out that way but uh, yeah absolutely I agree with you 100% I think that last song definitely has elements of uh, especially in the vocal lines yeah yeah, the vocal treatment. It also, I got to say, it it sort of uh, reminded me a little bit of um, that first. I don't know what it was called, uh, the first Fleet Foxes album. Except, oh, right. I got to say, I've never been a huge fan of Fleet Foxes because it it's always was a bit wussy. But the your here it is track is like Fleet Foxes, but on steroids, which <laughs> cool. which is great. Yeah, oh, that's good because that's probably the one. But as I said, I'm not strong in the vocal um, section with the aggression. That's probably the one where I did just deliberately deliver it a little bit harshly um, uh, on purpose. And uh, yeah, the, the harmonies there are sort of... They're supposed to sound a little strained and a little on edge because that's the whole song is supposed to be on edge. So that's the way it should feel.
How do I find you? And and how do I find your music? You are you are not particularly uh, prominent on the interweb. No, I'm actually really not. Um, because I guess the band something I'd forgotten sort of been the main outlet. You know, uh, yeah, full time full time uh, teacher and uh, you know obviously father and, and in a band as well. It's sort of one of those things where because I'm just sort of piecing things together when I can, um, it's pretty tricky to get to sort of do the social media stuff as well. But Look, the most obvious thing is just to, to do a search for Gig on either Spotify, you know, the usual places, iTunes and, uh, and Apple Music and uh, Bandcamp. I'm a massive fan of Bandcamp. And yeah. it, it, uh, I know people joke about the name immediately, but uh, they just treat their artists so well. Um, they, they make sure the artist gets um, the most revenue out of most platforms that I've, I've seen anyway. So, um, yeah, just a search on, on uh, for Gig on any of those would definitely yield results. I've had a look. There's no other names that sort of stick out like that, so that seems to work. All of the songs on the EP, they're your songs? All of them are my songs, that's right. Yep, all, all five. Um, and they, it, it's probably, I sort of thought once I finished this one, I remember wrapping it up and thinking, I think I'm it, I think I'm done. I don't know whether I can do this again. It, they, were, they were probably more refined than I've ever done before. I usually sort of get partway through and I just go, oh, let's just finish this one off. And I really sat back and took my time with these ones. And uh, but now we sort of finished, I'm kind of keen to kind of keen to pick it up again and, and start again. Figuring it'll probably be another three, four years before before another one sees the light of day. And and you recorded this in your studio, like you were responsible for the recording. Yeah, so I've got a I've got a nice little studio set up at, at home, um, and uh, yeah, I recorded all there, which is which is great. And, you know, again, it's probably the best time of, of any time to record music if you're a homegrown musician because you don't need to be loud you know electronic drum kits and um, amplifier simulations and all these things and some people say that's cheating and it's not the real deal but I think at the end of the day you know you've got digital art for photography and painting and all sorts of things it's, it's kind of the kind of the same process and I think people were having that same argument with Pink Floyd back in the day you know with the with all their use of technology and things as well. But it's just one of those things, you've, you've got everything right there, and then you can publish that work like that night. You know, and that, that's the beauty of the year that we live in. Yeah, and don't underestimate the amount of skill that's required to play these things either. It's all very well saying, yeah, hey, great technology, but <laughs> you've got you to be a muso to do it. Yeah, you, and you still have to have a goal, but you still need to know what makes a song good and, and, and uh, yeah, what ingredients you're going to put into have that product come out the way you want it. Speaking of such things, Old Man Leatherhands, bass-driven song. Tell me about that. Yeah, it was. Um, I really one of the elements that I, I was talking about earlier. I, I wanted in, but I just I just found I wasn't very good at it, um, and so I kind of scratched it early on. Was like I'm a massive Tom Waits fan, uh, and I'm a massive Springsteen fan, and I just love the way they tell stories of characters. And they usually embody those characters, or sometimes they're sort of, you know, like a camera kind of thing floating behind the character. And I, I experimented that, and I just found I wasn't very good at it, so I didn't sort of pursue that after this song. But uh, this song is sort of that, and, and I kind of had the the vision of sort of like a, I don't know, like a small town um, or, or something like that. And there's that guy that lives there. Um, everyone knows who he is, and he, you know, there's stories that have been told for decades. Like he, he seems to have always been. 60 or 70 years old. He never seems to have been any younger, but, you know, he's killed 13 men with one bullet. You know, those kind of folk yeah. stories. And I sort of took that from it with a different angle that this guy can literally do anything. It's not always tough stuff. It's 
you know, he can he can do cryptic crosswords and he can do he can install your washing machine and uh, he is he is literally everything and everyone knows who he is, but they know nothing about him at the same time. He's just there and and he's gone and you know and, and that kind of thing. It, it's sort of taking that myth that we hear about these uh, these folklore and these tales of these uh, wonderful people that sort of occupy uh, history, I guess.
like you said earlier, you, you don't mind a bit of vocal effects. Uh, you went sort of heavy on the vocal effects on, on the Alan song. Absolutely, yeah. I think um, that, that was, that was the fir- actually the first song that was written for the album. And just a shout out to Richard Atkins, who's a friend of mine. Um, he actually wrote, when, when I started this, as I was saying, I wanted to tell stories. Uh, and I actually put some feelers out on Facebook before I'd even written a single thing, um, asking, hey, give me some stories, give me some ideas. Uh, I want to do something like that. And he sent me some poetry. And, and the very, very first one was uh, a poem called Alan. And um, I just thought, this is it's awesome. I love the story of, of Alan. And uh, as I said, I wanted to throw some vocoder in and do that. So I was, I'd literally only bought it the month before. So I was learning <laughs> how to use it. I think, I'm, I, I, think I didn't do a particularly good job um, because some of the lyrics are quite hard to understand. Uh, and I think I probably need to go back and spend a bit more time learning how to use that technology a bit better. But... Yeah, being the first one, it was kind of like, you've got to dive in, don't you? You've got to do something. Um, you can't just sit around and wait to perfect it because you never will. Um, so, yeah, the, vo- the vocal effect is very strong on that one.
Tell me about Get Over It. I'm, I'm really, really nervous about this song. Uh, it, it's one that I would love to do a film clip to, um, but it, it's, I, I fear I will offend people one way or the other with this song. But uh, uh, essentially, it was, it's just a reflection on the stress of reading social media and just, you know, sometimes media in general, especially, especially the commercial um, media, just the stuff that you read that people say, you know, that friends um, who have different viewpoints, all that kind of stuff. And I kind of wrote down as many cliched arguments that I could think of that, that I hear both sides say, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, and a lot of them and a lot of we and a lot of uh, that, that kind of thing. And I just kind of wrote down everything that I could hear or have read people say that could fit both arguments but are equally frustrating for the for the. I guess the people with the opposing point of view, and uh, and one of the biggest things you hear is people go, "Well, you just got to get over it." Um, sorry, you know that's your opinion, uh, but you need to get over it. And I don't think the arguments that we're having at this time, especially now, um, are, are that easy to just get over things. So, it, yeah, I, I'm conscious of doing that because if a film clip or something similar to that, because as a white middle-aged man doing a film clip where it could be easily construed that I'm, I'm literally telling various groups to get over it. That's not exactly what I'm doing at all. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to take the arguments of both and throw them out there. So I've sort of left that one on the back burner in terms of some sort of clip. But uh, yeah, we'll see how we go in the future. 